After your second, you know you should turn back. Take this as a warning for those of you going down this franchise that you can still turn back here. There is time to get out. It's okay. There's still time. Don't keep going. Trust me. Anyways, welcome to the Mess Up at Midnight podcast, the show that's just trying to resolve their trauma by playing beer pong and reading fan fiction. I'm your host, Max Steele, and as always, I'm joined by the man who, if he were a One Direction member, he would be Liam Payne. It's Michael Flaherty, everybody. Listeners, I'm trapped in this. I'm trapped in this. You aren't. You can stop. You can. I can't. Heed my warning. I'm currently being trapped by Max Steele in this in this franchise. There's no escaping. I was goaded into this like a Mike, moth to the Mike, flame. I that's enough. Mike, I think that's enough. You're, 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 <laughs> yes, you're, 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 yes. saying, you're saying too much. Do you understand me? You're saying too Go much. Get the hose. If you want to, if you want to see your family again, just heed that's, your words very carefully. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't want the hose again, again, sir. <laughs> Anyways, guys, today we're diving back into the After franchise with the 2020 romance After We Collided. And no, that's not a name of an early 2010s metalcore band. So we continue to follow the lives of Tessa and Harden as Tessa starts her like internship and Harden tries really hard to be Batman. Mike, what did you think of the second installment in the After franchise in the Afterverse, if you will? Mm-hmm. Hey, don't don't fucking call it the afterverse. Shut the hell up. Don't call it the afterverse. This is not a freaking Marvel franchise. You, you, you ass. Are, no, you, tell, okay. are you telling me you're not an afternator? Are you telling me you're not Team Hessa all the way? Like, okay, one. Don't call them afternators. Stop. That's what they call themselves. <laughs> they should shut up. They should all shut up. This, oh my God, I'm trapped in this damn movie franchise. I'm going to get you back, though. You know this. You know I'm getting you back for this. Uh-huh. Just try, but, try me. Try me. Challenge fucking accepted. Um. <laughs> all right. But anyways, this is... So, in the first episode... There was a lot of what I like to call Mori moments, i.e. a lot of shouting, a lot of how could you's, a lot of I love you's, followed by the how could you's, and a lot of screaming and yelling at each other. This movie, but, but, but for, for all of the first movie, mm-hmm. every, for every Mori moment, there's also a tender, there's also an attempt at a tender moment. It never panned out, but they attempted, and I applaud them for that. This movie is exclusively Mori moments. It is only yep. what I like to call Mori moments, where it's all yelling, it's all screaming, and it's all in it when it's not yelling and screaming, it's sex. That, that's that's it. That's all this movie is. It's a half-assed storyline, and with all of the characters you know and hate from the original movie, with a few blank pieces of driftwood that were tossed in, mm-hmm. in, in Cole Sprouse, or Dylan Sprouse, which, which one of the Sprouse? One of the Sprouse twins makes an appearance in this movie for some reason that's never really quite explained and never brought up again. But this one, after we collide, is a whole lot steamier, that's for sure. And I really think part of that comes down to the writer of the book, Anna Todd, actually writing the script for this movie. Mike, you brought up the characters, and I'm glad you did because I feel like there's, like, starting here, there's a lot of 
flanderization going on here where it's like you had some care like molly's character in the first movie was oh she's you know has like little moments but at the end of the day she's a bitch in this movie she's just a bitch like every every like single character from the beginning like comes back and it's just like one they're like one note things like noah the boy the high school boyfriend is just a cuck who's trying to appeal to his girl his ex-girlfriend's mom um, so yeah, it's, it, we're going down like that rabbit hole and I, and it's going to continue as we go on. It's it, exactly. See, the thing was, is normally with movies sequels, they take the, they take the existing pieces of the movie of the first movie. They dive deeper into it, expand upon it. And then just for, just for good measure, toss in some new interestingness to sort of keep the keep the viewer engaged because you want to keep the people you like and then you want to have a little bit of something new to sort of catch your eye. They tried this, but instead of diving deeper into the characters, all they did was boil the characters down to a single freaking note. Molly was a bitch, but mainly because she was interested in Harden. Mm-hmm. Now she's just a bitch. Now she's yeah. just mean. All her whole shtick is just she's an asshole. It's Steph. Steph was kind of playing like the I'm super cool. How do you do, fellow fellow kids? I'm super cool. I'm going to take you to bars. Person under twenty one. Mm-hmm. Also, like also, I'm a part of the LGBTQ community. But also, hey, I'm going to make you do all these cool things. The only screen time that Steph gets is when she's with her partner and they're making out, which again feels weird. And, and offering then, weed brownies. And offering and weed, weed brownies. brownies. Perfect. That, exactly. Yeah. It's it's and, and yeah, Cuckboy makes a return. And instead of developing, growing, he's just playing side character to the mom, which is Again, weird turn. But and the mom herself the, is a side character too. It's like she had a much bigger has, role in the first movie. It's just kind of like she came by for this one for like a quick, hey, how you doing? And that's it. Christopher Walken in Geely had more screen time than the mom. I And I mean that. There's no part of me that's making a joke there. Like it's just she's on screen for I think five minutes and then she just dips and doesn't mm-hmm. show up again. It's mm-hmm. weird. I I I don't like this movie. This movie has gotten worse. This movie series has gotten worse. And aren't you looking forward to see where it's going to go? No, I'm not. Actually, no, I'm not. I was super cool with just leaving it at number one. But no, I got I got I got essentially bait and switched when you made a call out on our podcast. It's and and and, and that's just that's just low. That's just low. <laughs> Okay, now I'm going to be honest. I don't really have too much behind the scenes stuff for this one. Uh, shit, the, the director was the man behind that 2010 kids movie with Brendan Fraser, Furry Vengeance, um, and a few episodes of Suits. And Harden's mom and Noah the Cuck boyfriend were in Oppenheimer. So, that, yeah, I, I really don't have too much. Like, this movie just kind of continues on where we left off. So, I'm just going to get right into it, Mike. If After We Collided was a drink, what would it be and why? I love that we're not even ripping the band, going playing the box office bonanza. We're not going through. You just went, you just went, some of these people were in suits. Cuckboy was in Oppenheimer and so was Linda Blair. That's it. 
Well, it's like some of like a lot of these movies, like I was even like going through their budget and box office. It's like like with the let me let me actually pull up the first one because this it's one as, it's is it as expected? Actually, no. This one, after we collided, the budget was $14 million and the box office was $48 million. So this this was a success? Dude, yeah, it was a success. Oh yeah, the first one. Also $14 million, but the box office was about $69.5 million. So okay. it's not it's a success, but it's not like a big success. It made its, it's money back and then some. Never forget the fact that for every for every half-assed Wattpad fan fiction story, there's a lonely white woman ready to shell out $20 to watch some mildly attractive 20-something get his bare butt out on screen. <laughs> it's, I mean, I mean, there's a market for it. It's not there us. There always is. Sure. There always is. <laughs> you know what? You know what, two, you know what two guys who listen to heavy metal and like horror movies want? Just... Just dude ass and crappy romance. That's what we want at the end of the day. We're, we're, it's just, you know, we're, we're, we got a soft and squishy inside. Yeah. So anyways, Mike, if after we collided was a drink, what would it be and why? Okay. All right. All right. No, I can't, I can't stretch this out any longer. Okay. The movie sucks. So the drink is not going to be interesting or fun. Because the, the movie isn't interesting or fun. The movie has a lot of what the fuck moments, but they didn't. They don't sort of turn into anything grandiose that make me like jaw to the floor or anything like that. They have moments that are crazy that you're like that you're like what the hell, but they're never. I don't think they're ever pulled out and just hammered to their full potential. Or if they are, all they all they devolve into is, as I've now coined, a Mori moment. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing more. So to give this movie a base feels like almost a disservice because this movie doesn't have a base anymore. It doesn't have a base in beauty, romance, the colliding of two souls. No. Now it's just the Tessa and Harden show starring side characters. So why the hell should you give this a base? This doesn't have a base. Its base is Tessa, which I called vodka. Mm-hmm. And it has Harden, who I called English tea. That's it. So grab two ounces, pour it in. Oh, that's right. We have one of the Sprouse twins. They're the new cool hotness. Is Are they interesting? No. Is, is the Sprouse twin fun when, when he's on screen? Not really. Mm-mm. Is his whole shtick being bo- boring accountant type analytical yes do they give him anything past that no all right fine screw it he doesn't deserve an actual alcohol give him three dashes of angostura bitters screw it he doesn't deserve anything more because he doesn't offer anything more now for the for for the grand piece that i feel like ties this movie that not ties this movie. This isn't a base, but this is the big draw for this movie, I feel like. The Mori moments. God, there are a lot of them. It's either they're either fighting or they're fucking. It's there is quite literally no in between. No in between. So 
give yourself, grab a hot sauce that is spicy to you. Not, not burn your tongue off, not burn your tongue off. It's gotta be enough to where you visibly go, oh, there's a little bit of heat there. There's, ooh, all right, okay, cool. There's some heat. And it doesn't even need to be a hot sauce. Grab some cayenne pepper and put that in. Just make sure it's enough to where, make sure you don't put in too much. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't draw too much of your attention. You should still be bored at the end of this drink. So put that in. Put t- two ounces in. Because we're, or not, maybe not two ounces, two dashes. Enough to where it's spicy. Now, the new setting, the new fun look is she's in business. She's in corporate America. No college anymore. So uh, grab some grab some soda water that's cucumber flavored. Cause for every for every bog standard LaCroix that's in every corporate office fridge. So top top off the rest of your drink with, with some cucumber soda. Ugh. And that's my drink. The flavors of cucumber and cayenne pepper with the undercurrent of tea and vodka. <laughs> you, yeah, you, Mike, you certainly know how to make them. It's, it's, you certainly know how to make them. This, this stupid movie, it's so, when it's, when it's not them screwing or yelling at each other, it's so painfully boring. <laughs> it's, I, yeah, that's, that's what I got. <laughs> You know, sure, I'll I'll vibe with it, but I went kind of a different direction. With the amount of things that are thrown in this movie, like like we mentioned earlier, Dylan Sprouse, the mom, the dad, on both Tessa and Harden's side, and all the little side characters, I kind of threw a lot into my drink. So this movie's R-rated. It's a whole lot steamier, but it suffers from similar problems as the first one and deals with a lot of flanderization. Let's look at our Tessa in this movie. In the last one, in the last uh, podcast, I said Tessa was an after was a barefoot Moscato wine seltzer. In this one, Tessa's a bit more wild. She's going through her hoe phase and you know, going out to the club and dancing on guys and making out with strangers and wanting to fuck hard and basically everywhere. So we're gonna swap out your uh, barefoot Moscato with a white claw baby so go grab yourself your ruby grapefruit white claw because you know it's time to get white girl wasted but first you're going to chug half of that and then put the other half in your glass Harden scott what do we do with you last time i said mike's hard lemonade or expired mike's hard lemonade in this movie it feels like harden has gotten a bit sillier wouldn't you say mike uh yeah it's- yeah. It's like he's he's still trying like hard brooding, but he's putting these like silly situations that really makes me look at his character as more of kind of like a weenie. So I'm going to say add in two shots of expired Mike's Hard Lemonade, pineapple strawberry flavor. You know, get it, get a little, a little wild and funky up in here. Dylan Sprouse is in this movie. He's trying to be like that analytic nerd that like works at a publishing company with Tessa. He doesn't really care, but we're supposed to think he's like some corporate work robot drone. So for him, black instant coffee, warm that shit up, drop a shot in. We have a lot of extra things, like I mentioned, going on with this movie. The publishing company, Harden's mom, Harden's dad, Tessa's mom, Tessa's dad. There's just so much we can do. Publishing company, three quarter ounces of creme de violet. Harden's mom, three quarter ounces of uh, Earl Grey tea. Harden's dad, 
three quarter ounces of divorce whiskey, Tessa's mom and her old simp boyfriend, three quarter ounces of flat sparkling rose, and three quarter ounces of a flat Coke. This movie's also steamier. It's rated R. It's got sex. It's trying to be sexy. What can we do with that? Go boil some water and pour in four ounces of that. And lastly, for the way that this movie ends, with a little twist, with a... Oh, come on, really? They're not doing that, are they? Ness of it. I'm going to do the messed up at midnight version of that. So you already know what to do. Throw in an ounce and a half of melon liqueur and bam, that's after we collided as a drink. I, I'm going to need to just buy like a handle. I don't even know if they have handles of Midori or melon liqueur, but I'm going to have to just freaking get it at this point with the amount of the amount of goddamn melon liqueur cocktail. I hate that that's a goddamn staple. I really do. I wish we had something more interesting. That was a staple, but we just have freaking melon liqueur. But all right. Yeah, it makes it makes me so excited that like if we were to go down like the lick the liquor celebrity rabbit hole thing instead of doing like a whiskey or a tequila it's just the two of us with melons <laughs> it's exactly it's who needs who needs Terramana tequila or kendall jenner's tequila or uh what is it jay-z's do say we just have <laughs> we're coming for midori but <laughs> you you've got you've got one you've got a freaking fried rice paella sort of kitchen sink cocktail man i don't know what to tell you you just throw everything at the damn drink dude i mean i mean what else what else could i really do i hey you can turn it's you yeah exactly if it wasn't just break it down into everything it's either it's just like it's just put throw in some hot sauce or cayenne pepper, call it Mori moments, and then just keep moving. Hell, you can, you can add hot sauce or cayenne pepper in my drink if you really want to. Hell, combine me and Mike's drink. Let us know how it is and how you, how your hospital visit's going to be. I was about to say you're either you're you're either going to the hospital or you're punishing your toilet. It's one or the other. All right, guys. Well, go crack open your drink of choice and let's talk about after we collided. So we start off on the dock from the last movie, from the end of the last movie. We get a voiceover from Harden. The entire world is a collection of memoranda that she did exist and that I have lost her. Whatever our souls are made of, hers and I are the same. A rather pretentious way to start this story, which, yes, it is. And it just goes on and on and on. And, you know, we get a recap of the first movie and Harden being all deep and talking about how handsome he is and how he betrayed Tessa. And he's like, the two reunited to live happily ever after. A story you've heard before. Only difference is... This isn't that story. And Tessa fades out and Harden wakes up. It's, he's near some train tracks asleep in his car. One like month later, more white girl deep music and Harden exits his car when a homeless man tries to ask him a question, but Harden just shoes him off. We'll come back to him later. I, the, the worst Chekhov's gun imaginable is just 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 got propped up on the proverbial shelf in the in act one it's also Harden's opening of waxing poetic about how he's just the coolest just just badassest 
bad boy, whoever mm-hmm. was, and how Des's parents are super like lamos who don't get it. And I'm like, I'm like, no, what the hell is this weirdo talking about? This, I think you said it best when you were describing your drinks. Harden comes off as the biggest weenie in this movie. Like, there is no way around it. Harden is like, Harden is totally like devolved past mm-hmm. guy who's trying to be bad to like, just, just all freaking weenie. <laughs> yeah, he's trying so hard to be like all deep and mysterious, but it just comes off as like cringy. How anyone could fall in love with him, I'm like, okay, okay, sure, sure, sure. thing. <laughs> so we go to an Uber now. Tessa ignores her Uber driver while she looks over her white woman Instagram on her laptop, but then she exits the Uber to enter an elevator with Dylan fucking Sprouse. Yeah, he's in this movie. We get awkward small talk in the elevator. It's Tessa's first day. She calls him an asswipe under her breath. Then they exit the elevator to enter Vance Publishing. Tessa meets Kimberly. Dylan Sprouse walks off. The boss, Vance uh, Publishing, the boss at Vance Publishing has like high blood pressure because he's like fucking yelling on the phone at somebody. So then Tessa goes off into her big office for her internship. The office is like a complete mess. Basically, Tessa's job is to just read five manuscripts a day and then summarize them easy and simple and also let's let's keep this in mind as well she is in her first semester at college i would have killed to have the opportunities that she has like (laughs) just like just given to her on a silver platter this is some this is some nepo baby shit oh yeah oh no tessa Tessa really is just stretching the hardened six degrees relation at this point. Like mm-hmm. she's squeezing that freaking ju- lime for all its juice. Like it's she roll and also she rolls into the office, which is the most stereotypical office on the planet. It's it's the secretary going, "You're gonna like it here. This is super fun. I got faith in you." Now there's the boss. Ooh, maybe we should see him. And he's going, "Fuck, fuck, 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 fuck" in the corner, and you're like. Oh, I'm like, oh, give me a break. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be one of these. And if you didn't know the movie was rated R, you get it when they're just dropping fuck in like every other sentence. <laughs> they're it's ridiculous. They're, they're very quickly approaching blade territory with with the with the with the quickness and lackadaisicalness that they just swear in the movie. Like they're just dropping it hard and fast. And you're like, okay, damn, all right. So Tessa gets her desk all organized and she's busy reading manuscripts like to 12 a.m., 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. into the next day. Tessa fell asleep at her desk and Mr. Vance is just sitting in her office and Mr. Vance tells Tessa like, hey, you come with me. She thinks she's in trouble. She thinks she's about to get fired. They go downstairs out of the building. Vance and Tessa enter this like black van and Dylan Sprouse is there too. And they're going to a digital publishing conference just kind of on a whim. Then we cut over to Harden who just pays a woman, just gives a woman a wad of cash. And we go inside this like tattoo shop and Harden's getting a tattoo and he doesn't need alcohol to get a tattoo because he likes the the pain. Oh my God. He's, that was, I just like, without a shred of irony, he goes, he goes, oh, I don't need, I don't need alcohol. I like the pain. And I'm like, 
I'm like, Boy, get your hedgehog ass out of here. <laughs> I'm like, exactly. Just freaking shadow the hedgehog back again. No, he's also, he's getting a tattoo on his freaking bicep in his shoulder. Like, it's not like he's getting a tattoo on his rib cage where it's legitimately pain. Or it's this big chest tattoo or something like that. Like, it's an arm tat of like barbed wire. I'm like, shut up, man. You are not getting a hardcore tattoo. You you're getting you're getting the guy equivalent of like a of like, I don't know. You're getting you're getting the barbed wire equivalent of like those tribal tattoos. <laughs> and I do want to also point out, don't drink and get a tattoo. That will make your blood thinner and make you bleed easier. So movie, <sighs> check your facts. No, it won't. Shut up, nerd. What do you know? You don't like the you don't like the pain. Uh, I have a couple of tattoos, Mike. One of them is your face on my ass. God bless. <laughs> just... Now we cut to some uh, hotel with some hotel where Tessa and her group enter. Dylan Sprouse apparently he's getting a printer for his room because he's a fucking nerd. And Tessa's room has been upgraded to a suite. And Kimberly, one of the people she was talking to, is going to take Tessa shopping so she can wear something for tonight. We go to her hotel room, and Tessa and Kimberly, they gossip, which get used to that in this franchise. Kimberly is in a relationship (laughs) with Vance, whose wife died. They're also taking care of Vance's son. Also, they forgot to buy Tessa underwear, so she'll just be going commando in a dress tonight. So I'm like, (laughs) word. Damn. I hear like, that's, again, Weird conversations to be having with not only your co-workers, but like higher up co-workers. Like the person you sort of inadvertently report to sort of deals. You're like, oh, okay. I don't know if someone was like, if I was at a work conference in like New York or something and my boss turned to me and went, you pack your boxers? For the uh, for the night out that we're having, I'd have been like, "Hey, do me a favor, bud, and back the hell up." <laughs> <laughs> Your boss just turns to you and he's like, "So, man, you manscaping tonight?" I'd be, like, be like, <laughs> "I'd be like, thanks, boss. Yeah, exactly. You know what? I got got the freaking lawn care five thousand going on." <laughs> yeah, and uh, Kimberly just dropped some subtle hints about Harden. So we go to Harden's place now. He's got a new tattoo that looks really dumb and he also gets a text from steph telling him like hey let's hang out tonight you go back to the hotel tessa makes a grand entrance in like this golden fucking dress dylan sprouse is just like wow you clean up really nicely we go to a nightclub now with dancing <laughs> men on stage mike it reminds me of that one club in thailand that we went to and like hell yeah just tessa, a, just a bunch of sweaty dudes dude sweaty <laughs> on dudes stage gyrating with to the <laughs> beat of some edm <laughs> And I was like, you and I are both like, this is the, this is, this is, this is the night out that we were looking for. Bro, last night was a movie and it was after we collided. Oh, 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 the, oh my God. So uh, at this nightclub, uh, Tessa and Dylan, they sit on the couch looking just so uncomfortable. We get some more awkward small talk. Dylan Sprouse is just being a huge fucking nerd. But Tessa's like, look, why are we here? Something, something, dude with hedge fund, considering investing in advanced publishing uh tessa's like you know what i'm not gonna drink tonight except when the investor comes by with like a fucking fishbowl giant glass of sex on the beach and they just all three of them chug the glass don't even finish it then they do round two when dylan sprouse tries to talk numbers he's like we're gonna get fucked up tonight (sighs) freaking he is like 
Dylan Sprouse in this movie is like the embodiment of uh, what's his name? Lester Holt mm-hmm. and Lester Holt from freaking CNN or whatever. And like Ben Shapiro. He is so <laughs> he is so unfathomably lame and boring. I'm like, shut up, man. I like you are out. Stop talking about numbers for God <laughs> sakes. Mike, you're you're in the you're in the finance world. Are you telling me when you go out and party with your boy with your finance bros, you're not you know just sitting there just talking about numbers and shit? No, yeah, nothing. Nothing's more fun than on a Friday night you're balling at a club, just and someone just turns to you and goes, "Did you get the financial model for the one client out tonight?" You're like, you're like, thanks, man. Nothing, nothing's more fun than talking about work at eleven o'clock at night. So over at the frat house, Harden arrives. He stands next to Zed and, you know, Harden, you know, sees the gang, if you will, back at the club. Tessa laughs with the investor and she's really feeling herself. She's like, I feel like dancing back at the frat house. Molly comes and talks to Harden. Molly has just been like, like I mentioned, flanderized to all hell from from basically like party girl or girl who just wants to fuck. Like that's really her character. It's it's. I I know I like Molly was unlikable in one note in the first movie, but my God, it was like it's worse. It now. literally it literally was so bad. I I I, I had the uh, the look at what they did to my boy moment. <laughs> like I I can't believe I even fucking did that for someone as awful as Molly in the first movie. And I was like I was like oh my God, they, what did they do to your character? <laughs> So we go back to the club. Tessa starts grinding up on some guy, then envisions him as Harden. And like Tessa literally just went right into the hoe phase after the breakup. She like just fucking walks away from this dancing guy. Now we go back to the frat house. Molly asks Harden like, you know, what to do for him to forgive her. Harden pushes Molly off him and then fucking walks out, insults Tessa some. And yeah, hooray. Molly's a piece of shit. We get it. It's back at the club. (laughs) Tessa's like looking at herself and she's like, I look so hot. And then drunk calls Harden and she's like, hey, Harden, I wanted to inform you that I look hot and you're missing it. And Harden's like, I have your location. I can find you. Normal phrase. Normal phrase an ex should be should be saying to someone that is that's a very hinged statement. Someone should say to their ex. What? audience member is watching this hears that and think wow that's a really well-adjusted thing to be saying to your ex-girlfriend it's like exactly i don't know who these lonely white women are who went to watch this and just went and just went that phrase isn't obscenely disturbing (laughs) like (laughs) it's sure course and tessa even screams you know i'm not wearing underwear why haven't you called me actually i have to go so then she hangs up and dylan sprouse walks up he's like i'm drunk uncomfortable and i saw a tampon on the ground let's leave and then they fucking leave (laughs) it's dude you want to talk about you want to talk about man communication that's fucking dylan sprouse in this movie he just gives you the facts (laughs) (laughs) facts don't care about your feelings he's literally he literally has freaking ben shapiro lester holt riz like it is just so it's so one note and just so direct i'm like oh for god's sakes dude asking him for directions you will get there on time in like five minutes early 
He's like a free, he will, he will talk, he he will, for the ease of understanding, talk in the same cadence as a GPS in order to make you feel more comfortable and respond more quickly to directions. So we go back to the back at the the room. Dylan Sprouse drinks wine while Tessa is just drunk as shit. And, you know, they have the basic get to know you dialogue. Dylan Sprouse's favorite book is some economics textbook. He doesn't do fiction. So, oh, so huge, lame. Huge nerd. So Tessa I makes. Hate, I hate, I hate we're nerds. We're nerds. But like I literally sat there and just was like, I literally alone in my apartment held my hands to my mouth and went, you giant fucking nerd. <laughs> Dude, this man is too nerdy for like Magic the Gathering or mm-hmm. D&D. <laughs> my God. Yeah. So Tessa makes him spill wine on his shirt. And, you know, Tessa's like, no, I'll clean your shirt. But wait, your pants are dirty, too. So, like, let me get those, too. So Dylan's now just, like, in his underwear. And then Harden just knocks on the door. He's like, open the door. And then when Tessa, like, opens the door to, like, look out, he just fucking enters uninvited to see just Dylan in his underwear. And he's like, and this is the one time Dylan's spouse is just like, I see what's going on. I'm going to just get out of here and then fucking leaves. <laughs> it's Hey, it's the one time where he breaks the analysis or the analysis works best because he turns and goes, all right, I already know this looks bad. I'm out. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, hey, there we go. There's that quick analytical thinking right there, bud. So yeah, uh, Tessa and Harden, they argue. Oh. Big surprise in this in these fucking franchise. Mori moment number one, everybody. Mori moment number one. Take a shot every time they fight or fuck. This mo- you will be on the floor. <laughs> you will. You're gonna be a lot drunker than you think. You're gonna be a lot drunker than you think. So Harden's just like, I'm not the one taking advantage of a drunk girl. But Tessa's like, you can't tell me who I can or can't have sex with. You're insane. What if I was gonna sleep with him? And then she fucking cops a feel on Harden Scott and licks his earlobes. So Tessa's like, listen, Harden, you have two options right here. Either you fuck me or leave. And this movie really what? goes right into that R rating. Like if we, if we went from like PG 13 with the first one, an R rating in the second one, I'm halfway expecting it to be NC 17 in the third one. And then the fourth one's just straight up porn. Like just 90 minutes. I was about to say, it's like, they really went shit went from zero to a hundred real quick. Like it went from it went from like, oh my god, Tessa, why are you so drunk? You miss me, blah blah blah. To you're either gonna fucking fuck me or you're gonna fuck off. And you're like, whoa, all right. You're like, damn, is it just is is the final one just gonna be streamed on Pornhub? Like Jesus Christ, <laughs> you're like we're scaling up, we're scaling up super fast here. Like Jesus. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, they fuck. Harden again does ask for consent. You know, I got I got to point that out whenever he does that. Good, good for him. You know what? The fact for 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 how creepy Harden is, at least he asks every single time, just to be sure. Just to be sure. <laughs> just to really be a hundred percent the entire time. You sure? You can leave right now if you want to. Yeah, exactly. Harden's like, Harden's like, I know I've stalked you to your apartment, but hey, falls in your court at all times. <laughs> so the next day, Tessa wakes up to a naked Harden Scott in her bed and her phone rings. It's Kimberly. Tessa has to, you know, get down in five minutes. She's got to get ready right now. And Harden wakes up and tries to get Tessa to come back to bed, but she yells at him. She's running late. She just wants some privacy. Mori moment number two. Mori moment number two. 
Tess is like, look, I'm not cool with what happened with it. You hurt me and I can't forgive you. I was drunk. I called you. You came here. I made a mistake. And she tells Harden she kissed a guy at a club. And then Harden follows her out. By the way, Harden is naked. And he's like, my Tessa would never do that. And Harden's <laughs> like, while you were kissing that guy, I was fucking Molly. Moy moment number three. Both of these people, three, baby. Both of these people are so insanely toxic. It is ridiculous. It is. They really need to freaking take a step back. Like, not only like they are not only not making the other person happy in any capacity, but they're also undermining any chance that they have or logically should have. Like, it is. Oh my god, they're both so self-destructive. <laughs> So downstairs, Tessa runs into Dylan Sprouse. She apologizes, but Dylan Sprouse, you know, he makes a whole joke of it. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Tessa makes it clear, like, listen, me and Harden, we're not together. And we get some more exposition. Apparently, Dylan knows Harden because Harden worked at Vance last year. And the other two, uh, Vance Publishing and Kimberly, come down. And they're insanely hungover. The investor, they got the investor. They got the money. So, hell yeah. Cut to Landon. You remember him? The, the one guy no, that nobody had a problem with that was just trying to make it through college unscathed. Yeah, he's back in this movie and he runs into Harden waiting outside of the chancellor's house looking for some advice. So Harden's like, look, I know I fucked up. I found out she kissed some other guy and I said I fucked Molly, but I didn't. I said I'd get I said it to get back to her. And Landon's just like, dude, you're digging your own fucking grave. I, I, shouts out to Landon. Shouts out to Landon. Landon's like, Landon's like, you're an idiot and you are unhinged and you are digging your own grave. Bro, Landon, I want you to know that. Landon is just the audience in this movie. Just like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, Exactly. Exactly. Landon is the, you know, Tessa is supposed to be the audience or like, or like a conduit for the audience, but no, it is Landon. It's a hundred percent Landon. So yeah, uh, Harden's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to London. And Landon's like, do you, do you really love her? And Harden's like, I really do. I just wish I didn't fuck this whole thing up. Go back to Vance Publishing. Tessa gets a text from Landon telling her about what happened. And she then looks at pictures of her and Harden. So then Dylan Sprouse comes by to say, oh, happy holidays and happy birthday. And he gives her a cost analysis breakdown of her weekly Uber expenses versus buying a car. It's like a finance bro thing where he found a used Corolla where she would only have to pay $150 a month and the company was going to like pay for her auto insurance and everything. And I just want to know where the fuck did Dylan Sprouse find a deal like that? I really want to know. He gave her the deal of a lifetime. Like if someone gave me that freaking cost analysis breakdown for any large scale purchase, I would actually hug them. I would be like, I'd be like, my God. I mean, I mean, I think you do what more did, things than that. Exactly, exactly, exactly. In the bathroom. No, it's <laughs> like, it, it's just insane. Like he's hooking her. He's a, he's essentially doing everything except shelling over the money. Mm-hmm. Like hooking her up with a car, which is a crazy good solid move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, Tessa, to thank him, she fucking kisses him and he's just like, oh, okay. And then he fucking leaves. So in her new car, Tessa drives Landon around and Landon's like looking at horoscopes and shit. And Tessa apparently shares a birthday with Joseph Stalin, who was born on December 18th. So this is proof that all this shit you're seeing 
that is happening is literally in her first semester of freshman year of college. Jesus. Jesus Wait. Christ. Oh, you. Oh, you're. Damn, you weren't kidding. She actually, this actually is yeah. happening in her first freaking semester. My God, she has had the semester of a lifetime. And just you wait, she will have the year of a fucking lifetime. <laughs> just you wait, Mr. Flaherty. Just you wait. Oh no. Oh my God. I would, I would honestly be, I would honestly transfer schools after this point because I'd be so exhausted. I'd be so just, exhausted from the drama and everything. I'd be like, I need to move schools. I need somewhere where everyone is boring as hell. <laughs> so Landon tells uh tells Tessa that like Harden, he's in London and Tessa blocked Harden. So okay, cool. Everything's good. Tessa can now move on. Except she enters the apartment that she shares with Harden, which where Why? the fuck is that professor that yeah. he was supposed to be watching? Is that professor just like dead? He got, we he don't got, know. <laughs> they said he was going to Europe. In reality, he went to Guadalajara and got like beheaded or some shit like that. <laughs> like, and and now they're just like, whoopsie! I guess he's on a sabbatical. And you're like, okay, <laughs> All right, sure, sure, he so, is. So walking through, Tessa just has flashbacks, like even sniffing Harden's clothing and then fucking crying into them. We see Harden left a package for her that's in the shape of a DVD case, but it's actually a Kindle with a note that says, all your favorite books in one place. And Tessa begins to cry. And then Tessa starts like, you know, packing up all of her stuff, getting ready to leave. When Harden reappears with a woman, Tessa hides. Then she comes out to see Harden and his mother. And the mom is like, oh my God, Tessa, hey, you're so pretty. We are going to be best friends. Look at you. It's so nice to meet you. And then mom walks away. And then Tessa looks at Harden like, um, the fuck you were supposed to be in London. Why didn't you tell her that we broke up? And Harden was like, well, she was so excited uh, when I told her about you that, you know, I, I just couldn't bring myself to tell her that we broke up. I couldn't tell her about the bet. I don't expect you to pretend we're still together. And then Tessa's like, you know what? Sure. I'll play along. What? <laughs> Which is what girl? girl why? What? Like, I, I know both of us have been through breakups before. If you were in that situation, you'd just be like, damn, that sucks. Gotta go. <laughs> yeah, I'd have been like, damn, you're too bad. You're an absolute piece of shit. So I'm out, <laughs> actually speaking. Like, I don't, you mean nothing to me. So go away. <laughs> so Harden's mom asked Tessa, like, oh, please stay another night, you know, because it's Tessa's birthday. And she's like, I don't know when I'm going to be back over in America. So Tessa agrees to stay a night to spend it with this stranger instead of her actual family which you know her family's so shitty maybe that's the right call i yeah i, I don't it, know her or like her mom fucking blows chunks so i mean <laughs> and 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 she's got like noah the cuck just running around hanging out with the mom so i mean yeah exactly you know what glad it's either an emotionally manipulative lunatic and his mm -hmm. mom or like an emotionally manipulative mother who's a lunatic and the weird son or the weird not the weird the weird boyfriend so later the mom shows like tessa some baby pictures of harden tessa tells mom about the internship and the mom was like wait a second christian vance harden and i stayed with christian vance for a few years before me and ken the chancellor broke up then the mom goes to sleep 
And Harden and Tessa go into their room. Harden says, look, I'll sleep on the floor. But Tessa's like, you know, you can sleep in the bed with me if you want. I'd like to think that we aren't total Neanderthals. I thought she didn't like him. What the fuck? What do you want? What do you want? What What do you want, Tessa? Tessa, Tessa, girl, you need to you need to stop, collaborate and listen. And you also need to just take stock of what the hell just came out of your stupid, stupid mouth. He is a he is a crazy person. He has zero respect for boundaries. He's tracking your location. Every single conversation you've had with him has devolved into an utter screaming match. Why? Oh, why are you sleeping with him in the same bed? Why? That's that's crazy. That's crazy talk. Girl, I, I don't, that is crazy talk. I don't get it. So anyways, uh, in, they're in bed. Tessa says, you know what? I'll leave early in the morning uh, to head out of town. And then Harden thanks her like, thank you for staying the night. They look into each other's eyes. And what you think is going to happen exactly happens. Harden fucking finger blasts her and they make out like they're eating a hot bowl of soup. You know, some real self-control <laughs> that they got. They're, so, they are Neanderthals. They said we're yes. not total Neanderthals. They are total Neanderthals. Oh, yeah. And they're, you know, supposed to be like English majors and like, you know, super smart and, you know, all that. Like we theorize that they were at Emory for fuck's sake. But clearly looking at this like, okay, cool, cool guys. Very, very nice. Very no, we, we, nice. we, it's, yeah, it's, we thought they were, we thought they were sophisticated, like lit majors when we realized they were just half-assed, like communication majors who read books. <laughs> so the next day, Tessa goes to leave, you know, says goodbye to Harden's mom. But then the mom's like, oh, thank you for making Harden happy. And yeah, it's all about what that mouth do. So travel montage. <laughs> Tessa drives back to her mom's house to the sound of church camp music. And then outside the mom's house, she runs into Noah. You know, the simp has fucking returned and she gives him a hug and Noah holds on for like a little bit too long. And Tessa acts like she literally just didn't give another dude that gluck gluck 3000 at college. And he's just fucking simping the whole time. It's, Anyways, he uh, is. He's really just he really just sticks around, which is mm-hmm. so weird. That's so utterly painfully weird he's like he's like it's okay you know what your mom knows i'm a catch ha 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 and i'm like noah what the hell man do you need to touch grass and go get on get on tinder get on tinder bud you need something dude it's so weird because it's like seeing people like noah like there are people actually like this like in real life (laughs) which blows my mind there you're like there is some person who needs severe help who's exactly like noah so anyways awkward conversation out of the way except noah asks you know what about that thing with your dad and tessa's like um excuse me then her mom calls noah and tessa takes the phone also, we cut back and forth between Tessa's mom and Tessa and in uh, Tessa's mom's office. She has a picture of her with her daughter's high school boyfriend, which is like fucking 73 shades of weird. Just, you know, having a picture with your daughter's boyfriend just hanging up in your office. So it's so it's so weird. Like it's. You oh you you think that it's gonna be because the mom and Tessa made amends that the mm-hmm. mom is gonna cool off and like the mom's gonna serve more as a rock now as they've like repaired the relationship and nope the mom just has the mom just mentally blocks off the idea of moving forward and she's just like she's like no you, you no, Noah's great you guys are 
you guys will get back together. What the hell? Because it seemed like in the last movie, you know, Tessa and mom made amends. But then like in this movie, the mom's back to fucking yelling at her daughter like she's smoking crack or something. She's back. She, she is back on her bullshit, man. Like, it's just she's just she's rolls in just going like, oh, yeah, of course I keep Noah around. We talk, we hang out. I'm like, what the hell? Like, no. Talking about the child cuck that's just weirdly hovering in in the driveway. Like, all right, great. It's a real catch. So the long and the short of this is that Tessa's dad wants to see her, but the mom kicked him out. And mom and Tessa fight. Mom just fucking goes in on her daughter. She's just like, that boy isn't good for you. She's he's just like your father. So Tessa gets was like, all right. Well, this was. Fucking, fucking utterly pointless so gets back in her car and drives off all while like noah is like oh geez i blew it carol so <laughs> he says it like that too he literally goes he's like oh rats i blew it <laughs> you're like oh shut up noah you didn't have a chance noah's acting like he's acting like that one homeschooled kid you that you knew that like never left his hometown that's pretty he's much like his that, character. He's like that homeschool kid who never left your hometown, but you also found out through the grapevine that he was a fervent uh, subscriber to r slash nice guys. Like, it's just, it's just, I, you're like, he's like, I, I, I calmly greeted her when she got back from college. Why isn't she back with me? <laughs> you're like, all right, Noah, that's weird. So they go. So Tessa drives back to the apartment. She gives Harden a big hug, and we see Harden asleep. And we have Harden having some like Batman style flashbacks where his mom is getting attacked. But then he wakes up, and Tessa calms him. Then the next day, Tessa and Harden's mom talk about the flashbacks, the assault. He hasn't told anyone that it's happened, just Tessa. And you know, Harden's mom cries about her son having like Batman's vision. And Harden's mom quickly like you know then moves past that. She's like, oh well, well, why does your mom hate him? And Tessa's just like. Uh, like Tessa literally just didn't like lie to her face like a fucking few weeks ago. And Tessa tells Harden mom about like what happened and the lie and everything. And she's just like, well, he is sorry. And then Harden finally fucking wakes up. I'm so convenient. So convenient. He just wakes up as she's like, well, he is sorry. And he wakes up and she's like, and he's like, he's like, what are you gabbing about? They're like girl stuff. And then it just cuts. Oh my God. I'm like, why is there so many dumb coincidences <laughs> this movie's dumb this franchise is dumb <laughs> yeah and we're we're watching it for some reason so we're dumb <laughs> yes so well <laughs> mike yeah. you're dumb for agreeing to do this podcast with me yeah, that is now true. you gotta watch this <laughs> yeah okay yeah now i gotta watch this <laughs> so tessa loves harden's mom but you know harden gives tessa another gift it's a card that has tessa's perfect day written on it and Harden will allow her a day to do whatever she wants. And they're like, okay, well, what is that? Go ice skating. Then she takes like all badass Harden ice skating who just fucking falls on his ass. Like, where the fuck did that mysterious badass go when you're moving like fucking Bambi on ice? Like, why don't you just <laughs> fall and bust your head on this ice and then this movie can fucking be over with? I just like the idea. It's like, <laughs> it's just, it's... He could either the movie could have gone in two directions, either because there's only the the movie would only operate in extremes. There's no way it could be anything other than there's it. nothing it's subtle either, about this movie. Yeah, exactly. There's no subtlety. He's either Bambi on ice 
or he's freaking Nancy Kerrigan or Apollo Ono on the ice. Like he's just freaking going nuts. And you're like, <laughs> it's, it's literally nothing fucking in between. Dude, fucking imagine if like this movie really went there and Harden just turned into like a hyper aggressive Canadian hockey player when he stepped on the ice and just fucking shoulder tackled Tessa. To I the just ground. love the idea. He's like, he's like, oh, I did a little bit of hockey back in the day. And then he just like turns into Wayne Gretzky and like checks Tessa against the fucking like border. Just fucking grabbing everybody just by their collar and just punching them in the face. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh no, oh no, Hardness BTSD, he's back on the rink. And he's like, I can't let the Edmonton Oilers win this time. <laughs> so, okay, next they go to hot yoga. And, you know, it makes old pervy Harden just look up and stare at Tessa's ass. And, like, I'm, they're fu- I'm fucking halfway expecting Johnny Sins to pop out of nowhere as her new exactly. yoga instructor. Exactly. You just see Johnny Sins just sit there and just be like, now everyone go into upward facing dog. And then you see Harden's face pan up and he sees Johnny Sins. He's like, no, no, no. Then the Avengers music plays. And <laughs> he's like, no. And he's like, da, 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 da. The crowd cheers. <laughs> he's saying Johnny Sins rolls in. So yeah, Harden's just straight up flirting with Tessa. They're getting all hot and horny. So what do they do? They run back to their apartment and start making out in the shower. Also, what the fuck? Weren't they literally just mad at each other? Like, they are both ridiculously toxic people who like to fuck in the shower with clothes on. Then this movie fucking transfers like softcore porn when we see Harden's hairless bare ass in the shower. They're just like, the movie is just delving. I'm telling you, man, it's going to (laughs) be, the last movie is going to be just going to be a doozy because it is just going to just be poured at a certain point because it's it's the movie the first movie it's like just like just like your average movie stuff and then you're like oh they're taking the r-rating thing seriously with like harden's bare butt just on screen front and center and i'm like well where do you go from here because i mean there isn't a whole lot of other directions you can go Like, I mean, can we really take Harden seriously when we've seen his bare ass on screen? Not anymore. He's no longer brooding. You can't be brooding and mysterious when your bare naked ass has been on screen. I don't know if that discounts Bruce Wayne in the Dark Knight series, but like, I feel like it doesn't. Or if it did, there's a rationale for it that Harden does not have because, oh my God. So then Tessa's phone starts ringing. It's Kimberly. There's an issue, apparently. Advanced publishing. Tessa and Harden have to watch Kimberly's steps, uh, stepchild, Smith. And Tessa's boss is like, you know, she. this kid fucking looks like Sheldon Cooper got sent to homeschool in Montana that just wants to exist and, like, look at his fucking model trains. But then Harden fucking teaches him, like, these kids about, like, tattoos and some new four-letter words. And this kid just starts, like, cussing up a storm like he's in a cod lobby while Tessa goes off <laughs> to get them some food. He's got, hey, he's got the squeaker voice for a cod lobby, too. <laughs> he, he's, the, he's, the age for, he's the age for a cod lobby. <laughs> so at the end of the day, Harden talks to Kimberly, who's like, you know, Tessa really brings out the best in you. And, you know, they say goodbye to this mini Sheldon Cooper head ass. And in her office, Harden brings Tessa one more Christmas gift, even though, you know, Christmas is next week. It's a cheap looking necklace that makes her all emotional because she didn't get him anything. And Harden's like, look, you can just give me another chance for Christmas. 
And then they fuck in the office because like, of course they fucking do. Yeah, because boundaries don't exist. And just sanity is just a is an afterthought in this movie. And again, I, again, this is we're, we're going too deep into this from a movie perspective. But like, it's they're just, going real deep, though, Mike. They, they, yeah, that they are. That they are, bud. That they are. It is just this is. The movie's so obviously pandering to the audience. Like it's they're like they're like you just want to watch Bone, but like also not completely take their clothes off 100%. And you're like mm-hmm. it's you're like all right, whatever movie. This movie has like a little bit an a, like enough of a plot for it not to be considered porn. Literally, but I mean just enough. I mean the way they keep it together in the movie is it's got the lighting and cinematography is so low budget. It mm-hmm. gives porn energy at certain moments. It's just so flat. Like this whole like movie from like a cinematography and a lighting perspective. It's just so like not an interesting image or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So after they, after they're done fucking in front of a, in front of a window too, mind you, like just, just wanted to point that out. Amazing. Lovely. We go back to the apartment with Harden's mom. She gets a phone call. It's the chancellor with his wife, Karen. Now, Mike, is there anything different about them? (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, listeners, if you've ever, if you, if you, if you listen to the previous episode, you would know that there's a glaring issue regarding Landon and his mother. The main issue being that Landon Landon is black and his mother is as white as the snow in like, I don't know, pick your northern city. They they realize their mistake. So hats off to them because Karen is no longer a pasty ass white woman. Yeah, they just they 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 tried to do an Aunt Viv from Fresh Prince scenario, but instead of picking someone who vaguely looked similar to like fill in, they just said "fuck it" and just picked a new person. I'm like, look, I get it. You got like in a franchise, sometimes you have to recast people. Consistency. Maybe if you need to. Consistency. They don't give a shit about Dude, this. They don't fucking give a shit. So the, the point of this scene is Ken invites Harden, Tessa, and Mom to a Christmas party. We go outside Ken's house. Harden, Tessa, and Mom drive up, and Mom is like, wow, this is a really big house. And they go inside. They all enter to a rendition of Sam Smith's Oh Christmas Tree, which, you know, if it was a different Sam Smith song, this movie might be like a little bit more like Eyes Wide Shut. Then Harden sees his dad who hugs his mom. You know, all this is happening. Makes Harden want to fucking chug a bottle of wine while his dad talks about his stepchild instead of his own. So Harden goes outside to pace around like he's Batman or something. So we go to the end of the party where Harden's mom is saying goodbye to Ken. But, you know, Harden comes back just drunk off of his ass. He starts saying things at the party. And, you know, he's like, you know what? I'm planning on going back to London after graduating. And Tessa's like, um, the fuck? This is news to me. Then Kent, while Ken's talking about like his rich people adventures, while Harden is just like, what the fuck is wrong at, with you? Look at your fucking trousers, which, you know, that, he that's did. Fair. Granted, granted, that is 
Harden was right to call out that man's trousers. They were, they were, they were something. Dude, I like to think that with this podcast, we give credit where credit is due to bad movies. When they make a good point, we're like, that is fair. That is the man is dressed like a fucking birthday clown, and Harden was right to call him out on it. I was like, damn, that is a that is a whew, that's a bold bold pattern that you did not think out really. So they, uh, Harden and Harden and Dad go into the sunroom while this whole party just watches this father and son just like fight each other. And you know, Harden's like yelling about why his father left his family, and then fucking Dexum, like I'm sitting here like Tessa, why the fuck are you still with this man child? We go he, out. He's so maladjusted. He's he's actually horrendously adjusted, and it's proven by yet another Mori moment where he's literally they're just. Him and his dad are just like, why are you a failure? I'm not a failure. He's like, yes, you are. Bam, punch. And you're like, Jesus, man. I'm like, Harden, the, the one thing I think that would make these characters a lot better is if they just fucking learn some coping mechanisms. Dude, like, really? Like, I mean, they can't even, like, even imagining a freaking warm sandy beach to calm you down would freaking help. Because all these people do is scream. <laughs> it's just so awful. So uh, outside, mom gets ready to leave the party and Harden tries to talk to his mom, but he can't forget what Ken did to their family. Mom leaves, Tessa takes his keys, then they make it back to their apartment where Harden, you know, throws lamps and then chugs cheap whiskey and listens to Smash Mouth on repeat while <laughs> Tessa's trying to talk to him. Oh, boy. I just like the idea of just... He listens to Smash Mouth and starts to channel in the singer of Smash Mouth. And he just like, as like Smash Mouth is playing, he just goes on rants about killing people. <laughs> no, Harden, this is why you start a podcast. Get your feelings out that way. Exactly. He's like, oh my God, Harden would totally tar- start the podcast. And then he would go down the Russell Brand route where he would oh just God. become just, just, a, just a crazy person <laughs> ranting about conspiracies. So uh, the next day, Arn's passed out on his chair, and then Tessa heads out for work. We go to Vance Publishing, where Tessa and Dylan Sprouse, they both go into the office. Uh, it's, you know, apparently it's like the day after Christmas, and they're like both working. And Dylan Sprouse is like, you know what? I'm going to buy you lunch. So at lunch, Tessa talks about her eventful Christmas, and Dylan Sprouse is like, are you in love with him? If you are, you have a serious problem. Thank you, Dylan Sprouse. So... <laughs> Dylan Sprouse, he's leaving for Seattle tomorrow and offers, you know, Tessa a handshake. He's like, hey, it was nice meeting you. Put her there. Put her there, pal. But then he pipes up and talks about his sister who struggled with addiction. And with the call of the fucking movie, Dylan says, yeah, this thing between you and Harden won't end well. And Tessa's just like, lol, watch me. I, I love that. I absolutely love that. Like Dylan Sprouse just goes, goes, I've seen this road and it ends poorly. And she's like, lol, but we're totally a hundred percent different. What we have is special, and you would understand it. And call and like Dylan Sprouse is like, okay, well, whatever. <laughs> and he just dips. So yeah, we have a little montage of Harden on his razor phone talking outside with his dad. It's for some reason, phone. it's a fucking flip phone. He's, 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 on, he's on a like a Nokia from like 2008. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> so, uh, inside the apartment, he actually fixes up the lamp and Tessa returns. And we see Harden writing some more in his notebook. Tessa reads on her Kindle. 
Harden is ignoring his phone that's going off. It's apparently Steph. The frat house is having a New Year's Eve party. And Tessa's like, do you want to go? And Harden's like, I thought after everything happened, you know, we probably shouldn't. So these two toxic-ass people agree to go see their even more toxic friends at this frat house, which, you know, frat houses are just kind of like a concoction of toxicity. It's exactly. It's it's the... It's like they just took they took an acidic, like toxic setting, and then they just went they just went, oh, you know what this vinegar setting could use? Baking soda. <laughs> There's no way this can't work poor poorly. Just some vinegar and some baking soda, baby. This'll be good. And you're like, oh, notoriously, that's what happens. And it's good. Okay. It's just, it's just like, hey man, I'm allergic to peanuts. Let me avoid that like chocolate peanut butter cake let me drink this battery acid instead (laughs) exactly you're like why the hell is that the second option you lunatics (laughs) so uh in the bathroom while tessa's getting ready she gets a call from vance one of the manuscripts uh, she chose got sold and vance is like listen we got this position opening up it's basically like her dream job offered from a company who will be paying for her future tuition if she agrees to go to seattle and you know she's like, oh, hard can come if he wants to too. And she gives the, uh, yeah, let me think about it. Take the fucking job. It's, it's that is that's crazy. That's mm-hmm. crazy. That is she is in her first semester, and th- you have a company that's willing to fly you out to Seattle with your freaking hookup, mm-hmm. and then not only that, but pay for your the rest of your college, like. You are on crack cocaine if you are not taking that goddamn deal. Unless it's unless the company is Marlboro cigarettes, you are like you're actually on drugs. So um, they end up going to the frat house. And inside, you know, Steph hugs Tessa. You know, they want to play beer pong, and then Harden offers to watch while Tessa plays on Zed's team. Remember him? Remember Zed? Yeah. <laughs> He's he's here. back. He, he's back doing Zed things, but Jace is back by popular demand. You asked for it, we gave it to you. Zed returns for for five minutes. So Tessa's just taking shots and playing beer pong so poorly, like she's just a fucking liability as a beer pong partner. She really needs to rethink her approach this upcoming beer pong season. Absolutely. So, how, she's how's she gonna make how's she gonna make league team? All right, that's what I'm asking. She went like one for nine in her last <laughs> beer pong game. Like there's nothing that she can do. She's nothing. gonna look she's gonna look terrible on ESPN four or whatever whatever ESPN channel this goes on. So Harden, meanwhile, is go over to talk to some chick named Jamie. And you know, he's like, Hey, can we talk upstairs? And we're like, spicy, what's going on here? Tessa is, you know, she's dancing, playing beer pong, beginning to feel herself, more dancing, and then Molly arrives. Not the drug, the person. <laughs> would have like, been a lot. Would have been a lot nicer if the drug. I'm gonna say it. I wish the drug arrived. I wish some jackass showed up and just went, "Who wants Molly?" And then you'd be like, "Yeah." You know, we've had like weed and you know some alcohol thrown in there. Why don't we just throw in like MDMA and cocaine? Like why? Absolutely. Why not? 
Absolutely. It's just like, I just like the idea of Tessa just starts taking it. She goes full Wolf of Wall Street and she only takes uppers and uppers and liquor now instead of anything else. Now in the next movie, they're going to be taking Quaaludes. Oh my God. She, she, she's, you just see her just like flop out of a Countach, just drooling. <laughs> she's so high on Quaaludes. So Tessa goes wandering through this party and then finds Harden walking down from upstairs. And he's just like, hey, let's get out of here. Then Molly stops, then, you know, acting all like an evil supervillain. She's like, you're so lame. You never really fit in anyways. And Tessa, as she's leaving, she goes back to the party and Harden then follows. Then Molly kicks Zeta and some chick off of her chair. I'm like, it's not even your fucking frat house. So then Harden <laughs> and Tessa sit around a circle with all their old friends. And Tessa's like, let's play a game of truth or dare. And I'm just like, okay, guys, guys, please stop it. So this turns into Tessa and Molly just fucking arguing back and forth. Maury and moment it, number one yep. of this scene. Number one. Well, I mean, if we went moment for moment, like each time someone says truth or dare, which is like four or five times in this scene, that's a, that's its own individual Maury <laughs> moment. <laughs> that is, yeah, it is true. That is true. The entirety of which they're in the frat house after beer pong is a Mori moment. Just it's just a continuous Mori moment. It's Tessa saying, like, Molly, is it true that you're a whore? The tensions rise, we get more questions, and she gets uh, asked by Molly for being a bitch. A cat fight breaks out. And it's here where I was like, damn, Tessa really did do a 180 after getting fucked your first semester of college really does make you wild. Like, it's exactly it's all of the all of the Christian Bible camps really were telling the truth when they said the moment you lose your virginity, you're just going to become an absolute unhinged lunatic and just charge at people for no reason at all. So Harden picks up you know, like Harden ends up picking up Tessa and takes her upstairs as Tessa's just screaming, Happy New Year, bitch, just fucking flipping everybody at the party off, which, again, if you were in college. That would be a legendary moment. I was about to say that is that is kind of raw. <laughs> just like just like having having Tessa just flip everyone off and she's getting carried upstairs being like Happy New Year, bitch. Like if you were sitting there watching that whole thing go down, you would just text your buddies and just be like, Y'all are not gonna <laughs> believe what the hell just went down. So uh upstairs, Tessa and Harden are laughing. Then they fuck because of course they do. This movie just, of course kind of they do. just ran through all its attempted attempted development in the first movie, and they're just like, fuck it, it's porn now. So climax <laughs> is at midnight. Uh not our podcast after dark. So <laughs> <laughs> it's we sound like Puritans at this point. Just they're just going like, how did you climax? <laughs> it's dumb. <laughs> so it's like climax is at midnight. I didn't even realize that when I wrote that down. I was like, damn. <laughs> the show where me and Mike review porn. <laughs> Stay tuned for SpongeBob Square Nuts. <laughs> so uh, post-coitus, uh, Tessa uses the bathroom and Harden reads a message on her phone. This from Dylan Sprouse being like, oh, happy new year. Vance told me you're coming to Seattle. That's awesome. And Harden's like, the fuck? And leaves. Downstairs. For some reason. For some fucking reason. Harden runs into Jamie who says, you know, thank you for doing that. Let's keep it between us. I never kiss and tell. Tessa hears this, blips out, then leaves the frat house with Harden chasing her. In front of the frat house, they fight. Tessa just kisses some random guy who's just chilling with his boys and Harden gets up <laughs> in his face. We get more fighting. This is an amazing I, Maury moment. It's it's all, it's magical because she kisses the dude and the dude is so confused. He's like, what the hell just happened? And then Harden's in his face. He's like, what the hell, man? And you're like, whoa, whoa, this is going to get messy. 
So more fighting. Tess is like, you just kissed that girl. Uh, what did you do? She just said she doesn't kiss and tell. And Harn's like, you dumb motherfucker. You're an English major. It's a figure of speech. I didn't do anything. I would never fucking cheat on you. I did disappear with her like the whole night because I'm trying to be a better person. Tell me what else I can do to make you believe that I love you. I'm never going to trust you. She was like a former conquest of mine. Whatever. They just fucking walk their separate ways. Toxic fucking people. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I have to catch my breath a little bit. <laughs> it's yeah, there, honestly. It's so it's so fantastic how just unabashedly toxic Tessa is at the drop mm. of a hat. Like she plays like coy, like, ooh, I'm just a innocent little, like, I'm just a school kid just trying to make my way. And the the literal millisecond she sees Harden like remotely fuck up after mm. the after after movie one, she's like, I I'm gonna fucking find you, hunt you down. I'm gonna fucking kill your fucking family like levels of intense you're like geez Tessa oh my god like Harden walks into these situations so so unconsciously it's annoying but I'm like damn oh my god all right whoa we, we're taking this hard okay look if any of them go missing look at the other one just look and at the other literally, one behind the killer it's, you don't even need this isn't CSI you can just literally go she, she 100% did it she 100% did it so the next day, Tessa wakes up in the apartment and Harden isn't there. She's like, what the fuck? Where is he? Harden wakes up at the front of the frat house and he was like, oh, fuck, I need a phone charger. Uh, Jamie, you girl, I was talking to you last night. Can you help me out? So in her car, Tessa is like trying to call Harden. She drops her phone over with Harden. He receives all the texts and calls after his phone's done charging. and He tries to call Tessa. Back in Tessa's car, Tessa tries to get her phone, but it's a green light and she goes and then fucking gets T-boned by a car, even though she had a green light. It's, I, <laughs> it was hard sure. driving the other car. <laughs> exactly. It's just maximum <laughs> overdrive type stuff. When you just see Harden driving the car and he's like, that's why you don't, <laughs> you thought I was sleeping with Jamie. I wasn't, but now I fucking will. And you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> so Harden sees the accident, gets out of the car and chases after the ambulance that has tested. Okay. Okay, he okay. All right, so yeah, Tesla gets carted off, ambulance, blah blah blah. Her, it shows the the it's there. It shows like a still shot from within the ambulance that Tessa's in. Mm-hmm. It shows Harden running down the street afterwards, and it's a it's an ambulance taking an injured person to the hospital. It's not driving the. It's not driving. 15 down a little country road it's a it's ambulance yeah it's so it is booking it and you just see (laughs) true to his character hardened bull shadow the hedgehog t1000 from terminator sprinting afterwards and it is the goofiest shit i have ever seen i'm like i'm like why is this man keeping up with a freaking ambulance man's in the back running like tom cruise after an ambulance he dude he tom cruise runs he does tom cruise run So back at the apartment, Harden calls like every single hospital trying to figure out where Tessa is. Then Landon arrives. He's like, where the fuck is Tessa? How could you do this? It's your fault she crashed. She was out looking for you. They fucking wrestle on the ground. And Harden calls her phone one last time. And then Dylan fucking Sprouse answers it. He's like, I'm with her now. He goes all robot man on her. And she's like, shut the fuck up. If you really love Tessa, you would let her go. She will never find happiness with you. And then hangs up. And no, my like, surgeon wife says that it's biologically impossible. For- <laughs> I would just be like, dude, 
I'd be like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> you're just like, you're like, did I? You're like, it's like talking to an Excel spreadsheet. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> so Tessa returns to the apartment and sees it without Harden. She sees a note left for her. It's all like hashtag deep written by Harden. I thought we had a chance for a happy ending, but it's not meant to be. I love you with all my heart which is why I have to get as far away from you as possible. We're like an addiction with each other, equal parts pleasure and pain. I didn't know they were fucking Cenobites. That a girl <laughs> was one of that girl was one of my former conquests. I had to apologize to get better. Lol, sorry, goodbye, Tessa. Fucking nerd. Wouldn't so- it be wouldn't it be so great? You just mentioned Cenobites and I could not help but just imagine just as the movie progresses, it's like the one that isn't out yet after everything or whatever. It's you just it just turns it just turns into Hellraiser and you just see Harden come out and he has pins on a shaved head. And he's just pinhead from now on. Dude, I would that would make this whole that would make this whole thing worth it. I'd be like Fuck it. That's awesome. I fuck it. We ball. I'm here for it. Let me direct the sequel, please. You're you're like, do another one. Keep going. Keep going. I want to watch. I want to watch Harden turn into a Cenobite. So in his mom's house, Harden like throws his phone and breaks it while Tessa's trying to call him. And like Harden has visions of Tessa getting attacked instead of the mom. And Harden pours alcohol down the drain. Like, you know, damn, it really do take a trauma to fix a trauma. And also, uh, Tessa's going to advanced publishing party thing in his mom's house. Harden sits in sadness. He's like applying to some colleges or some shit. I don't fucking know. He spoke with his dad and apparently they're, you know, getting better. So mom is like, you know, it wasn't your father's fault, but he was a piece of shit. Harden, stop punishing yourself. Also, I'm seeing someone. You remember Mike from next door? Yeah. Vance is also moving to Seattle. He's having a going away party. Fly across the Atlantic Ocean right now and get the girl. I, I, this is some rich people shit. Mm -hmm. This is some rich people shit and I know it. Because if it was like, oh yeah, he's having a going away party, get over there, champ. Like, that's not a, that's not a conversation you have. You're not like, yeah, all right, thanks mom. You're like. Huh? No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, that's an eight-hour flight and like four hundred dollars. I don't have that cash. No. But she forget. Harden has the daddy's money ability. He, dude, he's got the. He's got. He is Batman. He is Bruce Wayne. He has daddy's money. <laughs> His superpower is rich. <laughs> That's it. Bruce Wayne at it. Why can't Harden? <laughs> so uh, at the party, uh, Vance gives a speech. He's proud of his workers, but he also is thanking Kimberly. He also proposes to Kimberly. So like, oh, that's really nice. It's Smith asking, will you marry my dad and be my stepmom? And she says, yes, it's all it's all happy and whatnot. So Tessa's talking to Dylan Sprouse being a robot who's just trying to get his flirt on. He asks her about Seattle and Tessa's like, you know, I really shouldn't pass up the opportunity. You fucking think? Dylan uh, then tells so stupid. Dylan then tells Tessa that Harden called Tessa's phone and that he answered and said to stay away from you. I know that it was over the line and I did let my emotions get the best of me, but you bring that side out of me. You fucking old Microsoft PowerPoint head ass looking. So <laughs> he's like, he's literally he, old he Windows literally, 95 looking. He dresses like Windows 95 and he talks like fucking Clippy. All right. It's <laughs> he looks like Clippy. My man has got the clippy look down, all right? He's, I don't know how to say it. Like, he's just, it's just the worst. And he's just, 
it like yeah he's he's i'm so stunned that tesla's like i shouldn't turn down this like deal of a lifetime that most humans dream of yeah <laughs> but i will and you're like okay and, you dunce and after tessa talks to clippy <laughs> she just <laughs> fucking runs with it <laughs> i can't even imagine dylan's surprise anymore all i can imagine is clippy just just chilling just talking and it's just a chat bubble every time he tries to talk like oh i understand you're not moving to seattle Let me any see reason why <laughs> would you like some help with that <laughs> So uh, Dylan has more to say, but uh, he has to go prepare himself. So he walks away and Tessa like stops to look at all the people and she looks up, drops her glass. It's fucking hardened Scott standing above her trying so hard to be what Batman. He is. He's literally doing the fucking Dark Knight Rises thing where they're sitting at the cafe. And he's just like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> Ow. So Tessa tries to run out of the party. Harden gives chase and getting directions from Vance along the way. So outside, Tessa and Harden, they link it, they see each other. And Tessa starts to walk away from Harden, gets in her Uber, pauses, and then holds the door for him. She wants Harden to go with her. You know, hopefully they split the bill because you know Uber is getting pretty fucking expensive. It is. They get in the car. The Uber driver from the beginning of this movie returns. And also Dylan Sprouse missed his opportunity and he was just like left waiting in front of the house. Maybe old Clippy and Noah can hang out and talk about what it feels like to be a cuck. <laughs> this movie, after, the movie, the after movie series for every movie that they have, they have to have one guy play the cuck just in some capacity. It doesn't matter how, how, how badly they get cucked is totally up to the movie, but like, it's gotta happen. It's gotta, they gotta fit their cuck quota. So uh, Tessa and Harden, they just smile and nod in the back seat, and Harden's like, uh, yeah, like I said, this is a story you've heard before. Tess is in mind. Yada, yada, yada. Harden gets a tattoo um, and outside encounters the homeless man from the beginning with a ridiculously looking fake beard, which <laughs> this movie leaves us with this. The homeless man is actually Tessa's dad. What the fuck? Fuck this franchise. Why am I here? I'm in pain. Please help. This is a call for help. And there's also a post-credit scene with Dylan Sprouse trying to act like a human. But the main thing I'm talking about is it's a, it's the fucking dad. That's the bombshell that they drop. It's the the movie, much like it's like a worse version of what Mac and Me did. Where mm-hmm. Mac and Me wrapped up its story and went, we'll be back. This movie didn't wrap up its story and went, if you want, if you want to know the end, we'll be back. And you're like, oh, wonderful movie. Thank you so much. Yeah, this movie feels like, I feel like this would be like, maybe work better if it was like a TV show. Like, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like a 30-minute, like, like, like a like miniseries. A, yeah, like a 30, like something easy, like divided up into 30, like, you know, 30-minute segments. You have like a cliffhangers. I think it would like keep you engaged because this definitely feels like, you know, series um season finale type shit that they're doing here to yeah and to come back for the second one but no they didn't even this, these movies just kind of end like the last one oh tessa read a paper and then the movie fucking ends this movie oh it's her dad and the movie fucking ends 
Yeah, it's it's the movie purposefully ends on bombshells and doesn't resolve its own story so that it, it's not like you want to continue. It's that you're forced, if you have any just iota of interest in knowing how the story ends, you are forced to watch the following movie and mm-hmm. you're just trapped in that fucking cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and yeah, that's it. That's... That's the end of fucking after we collided, the after train just continuing on like, a, you know, I don't know. What, what's what's a sad, like a sad train, like Thomas the Tank Engine with depression? I, I don't fucking know. I don't know. I was going to say guys. the little engine that couldn't, but I the mean. Engine that couldn't. <laughs> the little engine that just wants things to end. I just like it's like the last coal ran steam engine, like it's still running, and it's like, kill me, please, please. I can't ferry people anymore. Please, I want to die. Yeah, but yeah, that that ends it with. Let me see if I can get this one right. After we collided, uh, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. Tune in next week when we talk about its sequel, After We Fell, which. It's a better title, I think, than After We Collided. Yeah. It's, relatively speaking, it's not good, but yeah. (laughs) It's a little bit better, but anyways, guys. It's it's got the word after in front of it. You pretty much just have to make a sentence and it's serviceable. Like, it's not good, but you're like, all right, whatever. And one of the ones is going to be called After the bars and it's just like a story of like them trying to figure out what to do to like get home we're like are we gonna like you know go get some food do we want to like oh Oh my god it's like an adult it's like a tim and eric style show where it's just them awkwardly sitting in like her toyota corolla and they're like do you want to do you want to get like kfc or something oh no no it's it's all good if you want to no no just it's, I just thought, oh, that's that's fair. It's like just this weird 30-minute segments of just them awkwardly like trying to engage in small talk and horribly failing. Listen, Mike, one of us, if this ep- if uh, our after series as a whole gets how many downloads? I, one, I'm not doing this. One, I'm not playing us, this game. Michael Flaherty will not. wear a blonde wig and me and him will make after the bars. After the bars, <laughs> hell yeah. Sure fucking... <laughs> It's just the two of like you in a you in a wig and then me just like sitting there in a leather jacket, fucking clean shaven, trying to figure out where the fuck to go after the bars. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Mess Up at Midnight Podcast. Go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. You guys know the deal and stay up to date with what we got going on. Mike, do you have anything you want to say? The way to a girl's heart is always be edgy, brooding, and emotionally unavailable, but emotionally volatile as well. Take that down. Run with it. Do not take dating advice from the two of us. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't lie to me. All right, guys. We'll see you all next week. See you next week, everybody.